Hello, 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 and welcome to episode two of my podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode. Um, I got so much good feedback and a lot of nice comments. I really appreciate it. It made me like emo in a good way. So I want to change the name to Merch Motel Radio. I didn't originally want to call it Merch Motel Podcast. That was sort of a placeholder. So I'm hoping changing it to radio doesn't confuse people. I don't know. And in the promo image for now, I'm still going to have it be the TV and then it'll just say like a radio instead of podcast. And if people are like, um, that's a TV, not a radio. Well, TVs have advertisements. So it's sort of like an advertisement saying Merch Motel Radio on the TV. I have some topics I do want to talk about. Mostly vintage fast food. I think that's what this episode will be about. I haven't gone to Florida yet. I'm recording this pretty early on because I want to make sure I have time to edit this and then post it right before my trip. I'm still pretty inconsistent with how often I'm going to post, but we'll figure it out. I do plan to have guests come on. A lot of people did reach out and I would love to have guests. It would make it more fun as opposed to me just talking the whole time. And it'll still be in theme with vintage signage, architecture, all that good stuff. It'll be fun and interesting. So the first topic I want to talk about is the Glendale Hyperion Bridge. And this is stressing me out. It's a historic bridge in Los Angeles. And of course, since it's a historic bridge, there are these beautiful street lights lined up on this bridge. I first heard about what happened to this bridge through Esoteric on Instagram. If you don't follow them, you should check them out. They're all about preservation of Los Angeles history and they post a lot of great information on what's going on. A couple months ago, a few street lamps got stolen off this bridge and no one knew how that happened. And I first heard about it through them and it's super frustrating who's stealing these lights. And fast forward to now, I believe over 20 lamps have been stolen. So the city is gonna step in and remove the rest of the lamps that remain on the bridge to prevent more people from stealing what's left. And it's so upsetting and it makes me so mad because we're lucky to have a bridge like this, right? And just like everything else in LA County, it's like, it's always scary because you don't know how long it will last because sometimes cities will come in and you know, just they don't care. So now it's like, Okay, if we're lucky enough that something is declared a historical landmark or is a historic part of LA and the city wants to keep it and preserve it, now it's not only that we're stressed about, oh, what if this will get demolished or what if the city won't preserve this? We have to have that extra layer of stress, I guess, if that's the best way to describe it, of like, are people gonna also now come and steal and destroy this even though we're able to keep this part of history? So now it's like something that's part of LA history has to be removed, not because like developers are coming in to destroy it, it's because people are coming to steal stuff. It's an extra layer of worrying about preservation of our city because it's like, okay, if you can preserve something, what people, it's like, okay, now people can just come in and, and destroy it on their own. What's going on and why are people stealing these lampposts? So next time you drive on the Glendale Hyperion Bridge, pay attention, a bunch of lampposts are gone and I think they're gonna remove all that's left on there to prevent further theft from happening. So I did some research about the Glendale Hyperion Bridge. I'm on abc7.com right now and I'm gonna read a quote from the article. It says, they were stealing the entire lamp poles. They're made of bronze and so they do have some monetary value. And my understanding is that they were sawing off the lampposts and then taking them away. According to the LA City Department of Public Works, the lampposts were installed in 1926. LAPD confirmed that the city is now removing the lampposts out of caution after multiple stolen lampposts, but the investigation is ongoing. So it was first reported on September 18, 2021. It was reported that three were stolen over a span of three nights. Upon inspection, they discovered that seven had been stolen. 
And then today, 22 lights have been stolen. We believe there were there were slash are roughly 60 to 70 historic lights along the bridge, which leaves about 25 to 35 lights left. The stolen street lights on the bridge are bronze and were installed in 1926, making them over 95 years old. The Bureau of Street Lighting has no replacement lights readily available given the age and the solid bronze made of the lamppost. So I got all that information online. It really sucks, like these beautiful lampposts are almost a hundred years old and people are coming and sawing them off. I need to go and take some photos of it. And like, how can you even solve this issue? How can you fix the destruction that's happened? You can't. Honestly, I'm telling you, we just need like 24 hour security somehow for places like this. At this point, I mean, is that dramatic? Yes, but also no. So now it's not like we only have to deal with cities destroying their own beautiful historical landmarks and not caring about developers coming in and destroying parts of history, but we also have to worry about people coming in and stealing these historical pieces that we're lucky that the cities have decided to keep. Well, onto a lighter note. <laughs> Um, another fun theme park comparison is if you go to California Adventure at Disneyland, when you enter on Buena Vista Street and you look up, there's a bridge and the bridge that you're looking up to is inspired slash modeled by the Glendale Hyperion Bridge. Okay, next topic. I'm sorry that I'm starting off with this unfortunate news, but the next topic will be better. So the other day I went to In-N-Out in Pasadena. The Pasadena location is the oldest operating In-N-Out. It opened in the 1950s. It's not the first In-N-Out. The first In-N-Out opened in Baldwin Park, but I'll get back into that. Anyways, the Pasadena location is really cool. It's the original signage. The building hasn't really changed at all. They've just added like an expansion to the back for storage. And it's really, I love it. They still have the angled glass windows and you either go through the little drive-through or you have to walk up and order at the window. And there's like barely any seating. The parking lot is really small because it's built in the 1950s. I love it. The Baldwin Park location is really cool. So In-N-Out University is there as well as the company store. And there's an, an In-N-Out burger there, like a modern day one. But the company is so cool. What they did is like they built a replica of their first ever In-N-Out building and signage in Baldwin Park. And I think it's open like two days a week. You can't eat there, but you can like go and walk around and get a little tour. It's so cute. I love it. Last time I went was like a couple years ago now. And the woman working there was so nice. She gave us stickers. She told us all about the history of, of In-N-Out and that location. The reason why the palm trees are twisted. And I think it was because it's based off a movie where like X marks the spot and it had two twisted palm trees on top. So the Pasadena location is the third or fourth location. And it's the oldest one that's that exists and operates, you know? Going back to Pasadena, there's a restaurant called Cameron Seafood that closed in 2020. And I'm so sad because the neon sign is so cute. It's a neon sign of a fish, it's red. The building is really cute too. The building is red and there's like a giant fish painted on it. It says like Cameron Seafood. And when you drive down at night, that red neon glow looks so good, but obviously it's not lit anymore. And it's on Colorado Boulevard, which is historic Route 66. There was a cool out of the closet thrift shop too, and they had a neon sign too, but that closed and they removed their neon sign. We keep losing neon signs. It makes me so sad. So the location of Cameron's Seafood, apparently it, it might turn into an In-N-Out burger. 
and this is just like down the street from the oldest operating in and out if they turn that into an in and out burger they can't add a drive-through because of like pasadena zoning laws or something so it's just gonna be like a dine-in location and people were saying, I don't know if this is true, people were saying like, oh, they might do construction at the original location and make it bigger for more drive-through lanes. And some people were saying that they think they're gonna just make the whole building bigger, which I hope they don't do. I understand if they're able to add like an extra lane without messing too much with the overall design and aesthetic of this building, cause it is the old In-N-Out, you know? And I feel like In-N-Out values its history too much to do that. And it's still family owned. I, they're very, they're very tasteful, I, I feel like. Like they know what they're doing, you know? So if you guys know anybody who is the head of In-N-Out, let them know the Pasadena location is beautiful and perfect just the way it is. And I'm sure they already know that, but to never change it. So yeah, that's some In-N-Out talk. And Pasadena is a beautiful city. The Baldwin Park locations sign. If you haven't seen photos of it, it's probably a lot different than what you're envisioning. The building looked really different and the sign didn't have the classic iconic arrow that we know today. It just said In-N-Out Burger, no delay. And it's really cute. And they served Coca-Cola and Pepsi at this location when it opened in the 40s. And I think the two-way drive-through speaker system was introduced there. I love In-N-Out's history and I love that it's still like family owned and that they're really selective with where they open locations. The whole like integrity of that company is awesome. I was talking about the In-N-Out sign with my friend and I was telling her like, I like that the sign has an arrow as part of the logo because it reminds me of those old motel signs or just old neon signs and they all had arrows. So I like that the arrow is part of the logo. So now we just have like arrows at every In-N-Out location, but the Pastina location, as well as a few other locations, the arrow is a little different. It's a much sharper, which I love. And it fits that whole mid-century vibe a lot more. It's not curved, if that makes sense. I'll post photos on my Instagram account, Merch Motel Radio now, instead of Merch Motel Podcast. The Pastina sign, it says In-N-Out Burger in green neon, which is awesome. And above that is the arrow and it's like super sharp. It's beautiful. Every time I talk about this stuff, I'm always like, wow, if someone like doesn't care about this stuff, I sound insane. So yeah, I recommend checking out the Baldwin Park location. It's closed off most of the time and there's a gate. But you can just like, you can see it past the gate and take your photos or just look at it. It's really cute. And then check out the Pasadena location. That one is very special. So I'm going to read from my notes app and it's a caption I wrote about In-N-Out Burger. So if it sounds like I'm reading off a script, I sort of am, but I'll try to make it sound like it doesn't. And I might be repeating some stuff I already said, but this has a lot of good information. So I think it's cool to know. All right. So In-N-Out Burger opened in Baldwin Park in 1948. It was California's first drive through hamburger stand. And that same year, the two-way speaker box was created. Their logo was updated. Oh, okay. Okay. See, I forgot about this. Their logo was updated to the arrow in 1954. The current building in Baldwin Park is a replica since the original was demolished to build a highway. They have, okay, now I'm off script. There's a few in and out signs in that location, which is fun. You sort of see the signs through the years. There was one more sign that they took down and it, it had that sharper arrow, but one of the signs they have is super tall and there's a clock on it, which is really cute. Uh, the clock doesn't work anymore, but that sign was built really tall. So when you're on the highway, which is where the original In-N-Out was, when you're driving on this highway, you see that In-N-Out clock sign to know like you should exit to go to In-N-Out. So back to my script. The clock sign was built specifically for the highway. It's very tall to allow people driving to see it. The oldest operating In-N-Out burger is in Pasadena. It was the forest location and that was built in 1954. Much of the building is still original and intact. Very cool. And then I have a hamburger emoji 
that you can't see. So that's some in and out history for you guys. Now onto McDonald's and Downey. First, I'm gonna talk about why I love that right before I go into the whole script that I wrote for this one too, but that building is beautiful. That building is an example of Googie architecture and it's so cute. Um, it has the yellow arches and it's the arches are actually on the building itself. And Googie architecture is one of the best type of architectural styles we had in America. I was gonna do a whole episode on Googie architecture, but I'm just gonna state some fun facts here. I don't know if I'll do a whole episode. I'm all over the place, but the name Googie architecture, first of all, I love the name, comes from this coffee shop in Los Angeles that was called Googie's Coffee Shop. The building was shaped Googie, you know, like what Googie is today. And that's where the name comes from. I'll remember to post photos of that coffee shop too. If you've never seen like the 1950s McDonald's buildings, they're really, really cute. The McDonald's logo, the letter M, the iconic golden arches letter M, came after the design of the building, I'm pretty sure. Cause they had the, the design of the building has those golden arches. And then when they updated their logo, they got rid of the speedy mascot. They incorporated those arches and had the letter M and there was like a dash striking through it. But yeah, isn't that cool? Uh, it came from the building. Uh, like the, the M came from the building. Watch me be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that's the origin of the logo. I should double check. Hold on, I'm gonna check that right now. Um, McDonald's letter M logo origin. Okay, hold up, hold up. So this, this site is, yeah, okay. So I think I'm right. Speaking of like, the McDonald's logo. There's a teal colored McDonald's in Arizona. It's the only teal colored McDonald's logo. And the reason why is the location it's in has um, strict laws about what can be built there and the color palettes that are used. So they couldn't have that bright yellow color. And I love that the city was like, I don't think so, sweetie pie, you can't do that. I didn't talk about the mascot of McDonald's and the original mascot of McDonald's was a character named Speedy. At the Downey location, on top of the neon sign, they actually still have Speedy running around on top. And his name is Speedy because the McDonald's brothers introduced the Speedy system, which is also what made McDonald's really popular is because they figured out a way to make food fast. And they created a character named Speedy as their mascot. And his head is like two hamburger buns. He's a cute little guy. Something that I didn't really realize at first is that In-N-Out doesn't really have a mascot. Like all these fast food chains, even if you look at where they started from or the history of them, like they all had mascots, Jack in the Box, Burger King, McDonald's, Carl's Jr. All these places had mascots of little characters and I don't think In-N-Out really ever had one. I guess now it's sort of like their iconic golden yellow arrow is like their mascot. I think that's just an interesting uh, observation. <laughs> um, okay, back to McDonald's. You guys should watch The Founder. I think it's on Netflix. It's really, oh my God, it makes me so sad, but it's the history of McDonald's and it's sort of messed up. So like the history of McDonald's, like that storyline and like Ray Kroc plays an important role as to why the location in Downey still looks the way it does because it didn't have to follow like all the rules and stuff. Okay, time to get into it. Actually, wait, I'm gonna talk some more about why I love it. Okay, no, I changed my mind. I'm gonna read off the notes app first, but I won't make it boring. <laughs> okay, so McDonald's in Downey. This location opened in 1953 and it was the third one built. This style of architecture is named Googie, like I mentioned before. Located in Downey, California, it's one of the only ones in the States that sells fried, not baked apple pies. 
It wasn't owned by Ray Kroc slash the McDonald's Corporation, which is why it didn't have to update its look over the years. If you own like a franchise or whatever, like these companies and all these like franchise locations, they have to like update the look over the years. There was only like three or four, I think, I don't know, like locations that was owned by the brothers who started McDonald's. And if you don't know the history of McDonald's, it was these two brothers that started a stand in San Bernardino. Did I not talk about this? Oh, I didn't. I talked about it in my voice memos. That's why I'm like, I can't find it in my recordings. But these two brothers owned a stand in San Bernardino. And the, wow, I have so much to say. Okay, 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 okay. Sorry. Oh my gosh. Okay. So the Downey location was not owned by Ray Kroc slash the McDonald's Corporation, which is why it did not have to update its look over the years. It also didn't sell Big Macs. The McDonald's Corporation acquired this property in 1990. They added their regular menu items and added a drive-through. Over the years, McDonald's even planned to demolish this historic site at one point, which I'm gonna get into. Fortunately, passionate preservationists helped save this wonderful building and neon sign. There's an additional building that was built next to this main one, and this one is home to the museum plus indoor seating. The second building's architectural design is based off the first ever McDonald's that was in San Bernardino. Okay, that's, off, that's all the stuff in my notes app. Time to get into it. The McDonald's brothers created like a hamburger stand, right? And it was called McDonald's and they sold hamburgers. So they opened their location in San Bernardino, got popular, they opened a couple more locations and then those locations had that googie architectural style. And then Ray Kroc came in turned McDonald's into this like huge corporation thing. And then he bought the name from them as McDonald's became this mega empire or whatever you want to call it. That location in Downey survived all these years as like an independent McDonald's, even though it's not a McDonald's McDonald's. Does that make sense? The one in Downey didn't have a drive-through and it was only like you go out of your car to order and then you take it back into your car and culture changes over time. So people don't order fast food like that pretty much anymore. I mean, you still do, but like, where's the drive-through, you know? So that location went out of business, closed eventually. And then McDonald's bought the property in the 90s. And they were like, we're gonna demolish it because like it's too much work to restore it, blah, blah, blah. I assume they just thought it was a waste of money, which is crazy. So then the city of Downey, again, if I'm not wrong, pretty sure this is the story. Every time I talk, my mind is in 500 different like directions. I can't say everything I'm thinking because like my mind is everywhere. But McDonald's was like, yo, we want to demolish this building. We don't care. The city of Downey was pretty much like, sweetie pie, I don't think so. Um, love you, but like, we're not going to give you the, the permits to destroy this building. So McDonald's couldn't destroy it because they didn't have permits. I suddenly remembered what happened at Pig and Whistle because I just talked about permits. Because the destruction that happened at that restaurant a few months ago was allegedly done without permits. Rest in peace, Pig and Whistle. The restaurant had these beautiful custom tiles from the 1920s as well, and we don't know what happened to that. It's believed that they were destroyed. They were like custom tiles of a pig and a whistle for the pig and whistle. One of the last things I like, see now I'm like on a whole different topic, but one of the last things I did in like March, right before March, 2020, right before this whole pandemic, I went to Hollywood with my friends. I told my friend like, I want to eat at the pig and whistle. So we went to the pig and whistle and we ate there and I was just like, Oh my gosh, this place is so cool. Like, I love it. I'm so, we're so lucky to have it. And I was like, being all <laughs> like emotional, dramatic, you know? And there's sort of like a basement, like you can go downstairs and there's a basement too and stuff. And the bathrooms are downstairs. And I just took like some photos on my iPhone, like nothing special. Cause first of all, I didn't know the whole world was gonna shut down obviously. And second of all, I didn't know this place was gonna be destroyed. 
Oh my god. So I just took some photos on my iPhone. But I've learned my lesson now. Everywhere I go, I just take 300 million photos on 300 million different cameras because I'm like, I don't even know anymore. Like you can just look at something and the next day the city can be like, we're demolishing this. Or someone can be like, I'm gonna buy this property and demolish it. Or, you know, it's just, I don't, I don't know. I just look at things and trip out because I'm always like, what if this is not here tomorrow? Like about everywhere I go, I, I fall in love with it, right? And then I'm also like, oh my gosh, it's not gonna be here probably soon because that happens to like everything. Anyways, we went to the pick and whistle and then I took some photos and I'm very glad I did because I took photos of those tiles and like, that's all I have. I wish I took more. Okay, okay, okay. I know some people might be, might be confused. So I should be more specific about what this is. Pick and whistle is a restaurant on Hollywood Boulevard that was built in the 1920s. 20s and really famous celebrities went there um it was really iconic like oh baby located right next to the egyptian theater it shut down it turned into some other random restaurants the original hand carved wooden like furnishings were going to be destroyed and this is like decades ago and if you go down the street to hollywood boulevard you'll see Michelli's pizzeria and the owner of Michelli's actually saved these original wooden pieces like the benches and chairs and all that and by hand took it down the street to his restaurant so if you go there you'll actually see original pig and whistle detailing inside that restaurant it's so so cool so then years later after that pig and whistle made a comeback they spent a lot of money like i want to say 1.5 million dollars risk completely restoring the restaurant this was in 1999-2000 and pig and whistle was back and then fast forward to 2021 and pig and whistle is gone so it got destroyed a few months ago the interior was completely gutted and the exterior the signage was removed uh it, it was just like thrown on the ground oh my gosh it's so stressful to look at the whole building was painted white everything inside was painted white like all the hand painted ceilings too on the bottom level i just assumed that's probably painted over too when they restored the restaurant in 1999 in the basement of the restaurant they found original tiles from the 1920s that was like extra pieces or it just wasn't used at all and there was a lot of broken pieces. So they decided to repurpose these tiles and put them all around the restaurant on the entrance. They used the original tiles so you walk in and you look down, you see it. I took a photo of that, thank God. It's not like a nice photo but I'm happy I have it. All the broken pieces, they made like a mosaic I guess on the table and all the broken pieces were there so you when you would sit down and eat at the tables outside the tiles are there so months ago i was walking like on hollywood boulevard i noticed those construction happening at pig and whistle i knew it was closed and i'm like maybe it closed temporarily and especially with corona like a lot of places closed down so i see the there's something going on at pig and whistle right i'm back at hollywood i'm with my friends one of them is visiting from out of town and i'm like oh my god <laughs> she's like what what's happening I'm like, oh, what is going on at Pig and Whistle? I start like, oh my gosh, I'm all over the place. She's like, it's fine, it's fine. Like, they're probably just renovating it, you know, to reopen. I'm like, that better be <laughs> what's happening. Um, and I peek inside, you can sort of see inside, and I see like, what looks like stuff is ripped off the walls from the floor. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, so I take like photos, it's dark, the photos don't come out that good, but I'm just taking photos to like, I was gonna post about it on Instagram. I was like, maybe someone will know what's happening. I noticed that on the walls, some of the pig and whistle original tiles are there. I, in my state of like panic, my friend is like, 
no, like, the tiles are still there. I, I mean, if they were going to destroy this place, like, they wouldn't destroy the tiles. I was like, oh, maybe you're right. Like, maybe they are just, you know, updating it. <laughs> Little did I know what was to come. Dude, how did I go? I'm, like, not even done with my McDonald's story, but okay. So, I'm like, okay, maybe that is what it is, you know, like. And then I see it again, and I'm like, I don't think those tiles are there. And then a few weeks later, I see on Instagram that... Oh baby, the pig and whistle is long gone. And I and I, I literally couldn't believe it. I was like, there's no way this happened. Yeah, so everyone was panicking. And then after all the damage was done, after the city was like, oh, stop. <laughs> I can't. Like they were like, oh, stop. Here's a stop work order. You don't have permits. So, well, that's the pig and whistle sort of situation. Um... Yeah. Okay. Next, 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 next. Oh, this is what I was going to say. Go on YouTube and search Casey E.T. Visiting with Huel Hauser, Pig and Whistle. It's like 23 minutes long. It's an incredible video where they sort of documented and showed the restoration of Pig and Whistle. And watching this video is just like, it breaks my heart. Yeah, go watch it if you have time. They also go to Michelli's and show the original Pig and Whistle pieces in there as well. So I went through my um, photos that I had on my phone and like my camera and stuff. And I have like one little video I took as I was walking by at night of the neon sign, which I'm happy I did. What I try to do with my brand is sort of like when these beautiful beloved places, when we lose them, I like to try to bring them back to life in a way. So I was like, you know what? I want to make something related to the pig and whistle. I found an old children's menu um, from the restaurant and there was a cute illustration of a pig and whistle and like little vegetables too, I think. So based off that graphic, I made an enamel pin, but it's the same, you know, design of a pig and a whistle and the tile had that same look to it the menus had it like up until it closed the menus had the pig and whistle oh my gosh even on the signage like if you look at photos i've posted like detailed shots of it i'll, I'll post photos on my instagram account merch motel radio like i had zoomed into the sign and there's so much intricate details and i'm so upset that i didn't take more photos so I designed an enamel pin based on that whole look. And then I went through my photos and found a photo I took of the sign. And I got some backer cards made of that. The product itself is like a, a photo of the sign with the enamel pin on it, you know? If you guys want to check it out, um, it's on my website, merchmotel.com. Okay, back to McDonald's. <laughs> wow, what a ride this has been. Where did I even leave off with McDonald's? I have to go back and listen because I got so sidetracked. I wasn't even planning on talking about this. I listened back and it was it was when I talked about McDonald's not acquiring the permit. So Downey was like, McDonald's, we're not giving you this permit. Like, we need to figure this something out. Like, even Los Angeles Conservancy, like, reached out to McDonald's and McDonald's was like, didn't respond. And then uh, a bunch of, like, preservationists, people who are passionate about historical architecture, keeping our history alive, all these incredible people and organizations like came together, met up at the Downey location of McDonald's, and there was a whole campaign to try to save this building. And they had like signs that they made, and it was all about raising awareness to help save this building. I totally forgot to talk about this. So the site of the original McDonald's is in San Bernardino, and it's not a McDonald's anymore, and the original building isn't there anymore. There's a sign outside, and I think that's the original sign. If not, it's one of the older signs of McDonald's. And if you go now, it's a museum of McDonald's memorabilia and props, really cool, like uniforms, menus. It's really, really cool. I'm pretty sure it's free and it's not owned or operated by McDonald's. It's its own independent location. 
My friends and I went on a Route 66 road trip a couple years ago, and we stopped by here to check out the museum. They also have, like, the, you know, the 90s McDonald's, like, play area stuff. Like, the props and things, like, outside, and then you go inside, and it's all this cool McDonald's stuff. Yeah, there's a mural outside. I'm looking at photos online right now. Um, I remember there was this cookie jar, and the shape of the cookie jar was that, like, the mid-century buildings that they had, which is the one that's in Downey. I don't understand why you would like not want to save that. Even if you don't care about like historical stuff, wouldn't you guys still want to preserve your oldest building? Sort of like what started the company in a way. So weird. And then you have In-N-Out where they're like, we're gonna make a replica of the first ever In-N-Out right next to the original site and open it to the public so they can come and look at it and appreciate it. Like so completely different. And McDonald's is just like, okay, who cares about this building? So then McDonald's was like, okay, fine, we will, um, we won't destroy it, but we want to add a drive-thru, which makes sense, you know? So there was a compromise. They built their drive-thru, they kept the original sign, they kept the building, they restored it. Um, so yeah, go check it out, you guys. So the way it works is like, now there's a drive-thru, but there's also a walk-up window and it's outside. So you go and you're like, hey, I want like a burger. And when McDonald's, um, acquired the property, that's when they introduced the Big Mac, because that location didn't have like the Big Mac and stuff. Like it had... You know, it didn't have the exact McDonald's menu because it wasn't owned by like McDonald's. There's like a second building next to the original building. And that building is based off the design of the first ever McDonald's in San Bernardino. A little nod to their past. Yeah, and then in that building, there's a little museum with like memorabilia and a little video that plays. So it's, it's cute. The neon isn't fully working right now. Like it's not always on, but like when it is... Oh baby, at night it is so, so beautiful to see. Even in the daytime, like, it's so unique. Especially nowadays when, like, something like that is so rare to have. So yeah, go McDonald's. That's some information about the McDonald's in Downey. It's very cute. I love it a lot. But yeah, Downey has a lot of cool places. Like, they have, um... I'm hoping I'm not too far from the mic. Hold on, hold on. Am I? Oh my gosh. But yeah, Downey has a lot of cool places. Oh, also in Downey, there is a Bob's Big Boy, and it was originally Johnny's Broiler, and I think before that it was something else too, and that was a historical landmark, and after Johnny's Broiler closed, it was illegally demolished, like, um, demolition started on the building illegally. This is what I'm saying, like, I'm always scared, like, even if something is protected, I'm always like, I don't know, like, we can always lose it, so, like, when I go see something, I'm appreciating it, but also I'm, like, on edge, I'm like, oh my gosh, what if this is the last time I see it? Also, I really want to go to the LAX Steam building somehow, I know it's closed off to the public, and now I'm talking really fast, but, like, that building... Beautiful. So Johnny's broiler in Downey like closed and it was illegally demolished and then Bob's Big Boy sort of stepped in and like rebuilt it and restored it and now it's a Bob's Big Boy and it's very very cute. An episode of Mad Men was filmed there. It's close to the McDonald's in Downey. They also built a Randy's Donuts in Downey and it has like the big donut. It's very cute. And then that Bob's Big Boy has like a giant spinning bob on top and they kept the broiler sign which is rad. So it says Bob's Big Boy broiler. And they also kept the Johnny's like sign. It's like a cutout of a boy. It's like a big sign and they installed it in the parking lot. Um, I really want to go to the Academy Museum on Wilshire Boulevard. The building was originally the Mako building, which is like Macy's. The window displays right now are really great. It's like a map of Los Angeles with really cute illustrations of like iconic landmarks in LA. Every time I drive by, um, because you have to make reservations to go so every time i drive by i'm like oh let me at least try to go to the gift shop but like every time i get there it's closed it's near lacma by the museums you know and then right by the academy there's that 
building that was Johnny's coffee shop. And thank God that's a historical landmark. That building is just like not used. It's just sort of like sitting there. It was used for a Bernie Sanders campaign years ago. And I think they still randomly meet up there, but I don't think so. It's like just sitting there empty. But also, isn't it interesting how like places can be historical landmarks and just like not be used or be abandoned? Like the Pan Pacific Auditorium was a historical landmark, but it was also abandoned. So then arsonists started a fire, right? I think I was just like, I want to drive down Miracle Mile. And like, that's where the dark room camera shop is with the giant camera. So I drive down and I go by the academy and that's where I saw the window displays. I was like, oh, so cool. And I went to Johnny's and it was interesting, like parts of the sign, like part, so the building has like light bulbs on it and the sign has light bulbs and stuff. And like parts of it were just like twinkling at night. I was like, this is so weird and cool and like scary. I like it. But hey, if you own that building and you're listening to this, which you most likely aren't, please open it up as a restaurant. It's very cute. And it's cool. It's like right by the museums, you know, so it would do really well. There's like all these museums there. And then you can just be like, I'm going to go have some coffee and some food. It's literally right by the Academy Museum. So it's like, let's go to the museum and let's go eat at Johnny's. And it fits the whole vibe, you know, like the vintage vibe and stuff. So like what a fun day that would be. You can do such great marketing for it and like make it look really cool and fun. Like retro and vintage is super trendy and super in. So like you can literally just post a photo of that building, like a nice photo and it, like people would wanna go. I will do your marketing for free. Please open that place back up as a wonderful restaurant. I was also driving down Beverly Hills and I drove by that Googie gas station. This is like a Googie episode at this point. Gas is like super expensive there, but I didn't know it was like a, full service like they pump your gas for you I think but I didn't need gas right and I'm in Beverly Hills and um and I was like okay I need to take photos and videos of, of this building like I do with everything else speaking of I have to say a story I'm gonna say it later I was visiting somewhere which is like a tourist destination in the states and um <laughs> I was like taking photos and then security and cops were like called on me because they thought I was like working for some company I guess and like trying to get information but I was just like taking photos of stuff because I thought they were cute it's like crazy um so one day I'll say that story and like I have to explain like no like it's cute that's why I took a photo and, like they weren't understanding but then later they're like okay oh I was at the Beverly Hills gas station. And so like, I'm like, okay, like there's like no parking, right? Cause like there's no parking anywhere ever. So I'm like, okay, I'll just like park in the gas station. But I'm like, oh, this is like, I don't know, like fancy. Like, are they gonna be like, you can't park here? So, and it said like 18 minute parking only. And I thought like, why only 18 minutes? Like, I wonder why. And it says like, you have to um like be a customer or else like you'll get towed or whatever. I'm like, this is so dramatic. So I, um, I like went inside and bought like sparkling water. So I took some photos and videos. It's so pretty. It's beautiful and at night it's like all lit up. Yeah, very nice. I posted a TikTok of it. Oh yeah, I posted about Angel's Flight. Did I talk about that in my last episode? If you guys haven't been on Angel's Flight, you should write it. It is so lovely, a beautiful piece of Los Angeles history built in 1901, located in downtown Los Angeles, right by the Grand Central Market. Go check it out, go to the Grand Central Market, eat some excellent food and then take a ride on Angel's Flight and walk around our beautiful city of Los Angeles. I used to live like near Santa Monica, like right outside Santa Monica. Um, and there was a cool like gas station. Was it a gas station or car wash? I can't remember. And I don't think I ever took photos of it. <laughs> and knowing everything that's been going on lately, it probably doesn't exist anymore. So I'm going to Florida, right? And I wanted to go to Lakeland in Florida, but I'm not gonna have enough time to go, but they have some cool like mid-century 
era things there. Also, Beach House is having a concert in Los Angeles in a couple months, and I'm going. I'm really excited about that. It's going to be at the Greek Theater in Los Angeles, which is, like, near Griffith Observatory. It's cool. Like, I've lived in L.A. my whole life, so it's cool. Like, I went to Griffith Observatory growing up and stuff, and it's fun. Like, you don't realize as a, as a kid, like, all these really cool places you're going to until you're, like, an adult, you know? I love Griffith Park so much. Oh, my gosh. And the merry-go-round, the pony rides, like, the abandoned L.A. Zoo, Walt Disney's Carolwood Barn, Travel Town, the Hollywood sign. Wow. Like a few months ago, I went to the Hollywood Bowl. They have a museum there, I think, and like still closed. And I wanted to go there, but it was closed. So I went to take photos of the sign. And then I saw the Hollywood Heritage Museum. So I went there instead. You guys should go. It was it was really, really cool. It's right by the Hollywood Bowl. And they had original props and memorabilia from like iconic movies that were produced in Hollywood. And the building itself was like a studio at one point. Hollywood's first major film company studio registered landmark number 554 oh they had this awesome like musso and frank grill uh and warner brothers like store facade slash signage it's like a miniature of it but it's like big you know it was really beautiful so they had like miniature models of los angeles and um they had these old like arcade machines i guess um where you like put in like a penny or a nickel and you look in and it's like photos that are like moving they have these at disneyland too i don't know if they still do yeah they had props from charlie chaplin they had the technicolor three strip motion picture camera on display and on this it says 1936 to 1953 they used this camera to film it was wizard of oz and gone with the wind but yeah, you guys, go check it out. Hollywood Heritage Museum, right by the Hollywood Bowl. Also, if you don't find parking somewhere, and if you're not in a rush, and if you feel comfortable and safe walking, like, I sort of like parking sort of far, um, especially during daytime and stuff, because, like, you can just, like, look at all the cool buildings. Like, if you start paying attention to, like, all the historic sites around you, the walk is really enjoyable. Like, I don't mind parking far, because, like, even, like, homes and neighborhoods, I love it. Like, I'm like, oh, I can see these old homes. But every time I'm walking, you know, I'll, like, will look at houses, and I'm like, wow, like, and I'll just, like, stare <laughs> at a house. I'll just, like, stand there and stare, like, on from the sidewalk. And then I realize, like, I look so creepy doing that. But, like, you have a beautiful house, so I'm sorry, but, like, I need to look at it. And then there's this, like, wonderful incredible beautiful victorian home in pasadena and i like walked by it and i was like just staring at it <laughs> as then i like took my camera out take a photo I'm like wow and i was just looking and then like i saw from inside there was like a man standing and i think he was probably looking at me but i'm sure his house gets photographed a lot it's really beautiful but like i didn't even recognize like i didn't even notice him because i'm just like looking at the building i'm like oh my gosh and i'm like oh sorry and i like ran to my car Anyway, um, I'm gonna keep talking because I don't know how long this is gonna be. I need it to be longer. It's not long enough. But I don't want it to be boring, you know? And it takes, like, so long to edit this because, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Honestly, I don't know what I'm doing. Also, a recommendation from me to you. If it's a Friday night and you're like, I want to go somewhere cute and you don't mind a little bit of crowds, go to Bob's Big Boy in Burbank on Friday night. That is the oldest Bob's Big Boy that exists. And they have car shows every Friday night. So a lot of beautiful 
classic cars are there. I like to go and then we put our name down. We're like, hey, table for whatever. And then I'll go look at the cars, talk to people. You meet a lot of really cool people at events like this. And then um, look at cars, take pictures, look at their beautiful neon sign. Oh my gosh. And then, you know, an hour passes and you get your table. Even outside on the patio, they have like those 1950s era uh, like umbrellas. I don't know how to describe them, but they're really pretty. They're they're not umbrellas. They're like for shade umbrellas, I guess. I don't know. I don't know the word for them. Whatever. I really love them and they're on the patio. But um, like a few months ago, they removed the lot to add more like space for outdoor seating. Because like at one point in Los Angeles County, you could only eat outside for like several months, I think. So I get why they had to like take it out. But I hope like it's stored away. It wasn't like thrown away. A few of those like umbrella things are still outside. It's like the outside portion of where you sit. But I love Bob's Big Boy and Burbank. Okay, if you're listening to this, I'm gonna make a code on my website so you can get 15% off. Just put radio at checkout and you'll get 15% off your whole order. I have a lot of fun stuff. I have the uh, pig and whistle pin that I was talking about earlier. A bunch of enamel pins inspired by historic Los Angeles landmarks and more. I have t-shirts of the Pan Pacific Auditorium, beautiful streamlined modern building um, that was in Los Angeles. The site of it now is Pan Pacific Park. I'm sure like everyone who knows about the auditorium knows of the park. The entrance, like I've said in my previous episode, I think like the entrance of California Adventure and Hollywood Studios is inspired by the Pan Pacific Auditorium. So that's what the auditorium looks like. And at the park, if you guys haven't been, they have like a smaller replica of one of the towers of the facade of the auditorium. So, you know, it's like a little nod to like what was there. It's cute and they have like little photos and stuff on the tiles. Oh, I also have puff printed shirts, which I really like. Um, yeah, use code radio, you'll get 15% off all that good stuff. And then you automatically get free shipping on all orders over $55. No code needed, baby. Merchmotel.com. That's my plug. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna do like plugs here and there. Oh, also the no vacancy bucket hat, which I love. It's embroidered too and it's like corduroy. Okay, okay, now I'm done. Oh, 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 I need to text someone because I have a very cool guest that's gonna come on. And I told this person to wait a little bit until I get the hang of how to edit stuff. But honestly, I feel like it's fine. Like, are you guys okay with how I'm editing this? Because I don't really know how, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, so I don't really know. So please let me know if like, it's all fine. Like, do you think I'm at a point where I could have a guest, even though I'm just on episode two? But if I have a guest, it'll be in like a few weeks. Oh, Felix Chevrolet had their 100th anniversary. I went like right as it was ending pretty much, like there was an hour left till it ended. And I got a little like Felix the Cat bobblehead and they had all the classic cars out and they have a wonderful sign. Unfortunately, it's not neon anymore. I tried finding photos of Felix Chevrolet from when it opened in the 1920s or 30s or even like archival photos in general of that place and I can't find much. I've posted photos before of like some marketing that they did of Felix Chevrolet. I think like a post office had one of the Felix the Cat statues outside. The current car dealership has the statues still. Their hands are like sticking out, so I took a photo holding his hand. By the way, the original signage on top used to be real neon. It was a neon sign, and then they stripped off the neon and converted it to LEDs. And I don't get why they did that. It's such a downgrade. I hope they bring back neon back to that sign sometime. And I remember reading something about the history of this place. I was like, how do they have the Felix the cat as a mascot? And it's only that location. So I remember reading something. I'm not sure how accurate this is, but the owner's name was Felix. And I think the person who owned the rights to Felix the cat was like, 
hey, if you give me a car for free, you can use the rights of Felix the cat for this dealership. And he was like, sounds good. And they just like shook hands and that was the deal. Like that could never happen today. So I think it's funny and awesome. There's two signs at this location. There's one on top of the building and then in the back there's another one that says cars. Also the one on top of the building is like a triple sided neon sign. It's really massive and glorious. Speaking of triple sided neon signs, there was a diner in Alhambra named Tui's and they also had a triple sided neon sign. I loved it so much and it was a googie diner as well. The building was really funky outside and inside and they closed in like 2019 I want to say and they moved to South Pasadena and the building is just sitting there empty. It's so trippy. I need to take photos of it during the daytime. I went at nighttime and it's so sad to see. And the neon sign is awesome. It's like a man crying with like a clothespin on his nose because it's the home of the Stinko burger, like the stinky burger. So when they closed, I remember I asked them what was gonna happen to the neon sign and someone told me that they were gonna install it in their new location in South Pasadena. So I was like, thank God. But they moved to their new location and I guess the city isn't allowing them to install the sign. So they just have it in storage. And I heard that there are plans to potentially install it inside the diner. And it's on um like historic Route 66 by Ferox, which is where Ferox Pharmacy is, which also has a neon sign. That's where Gus's barbecue is. They have an incredible neon sign. South Pasadena and Pasadena are beautiful cities. So South Pasadena, come on, come on, please let them install it. Um, but yeah, that's Tui's Diner in Alhambra. That's now in South Pasadena. Oh my gosh, you guys, as I'm recording this, I just found out that a really, really cool building in Vegas is up for sale and it's stressing me out because it's amazing. It has an incredible neon sign on the facade of the building. Oh my gosh, is this declared a landmark? Probably not. Hold on, I'm reading an article. It's the Wholesome Bread Bakery building in downtown Vegas. Oh my gosh, I'm tripping out. I'm gonna make a post about it on Instagram right now. Apparently it's gonna be sold for apartment complexes, I think. I'm glad last time I went to Vegas, I took photos of it during the daytime, but not at nighttime when the neon was on. So I really wanted to like drive there next weekend just to get more photos, but I doubt the sign is lit anymore if the building is for sale. Does anyone know? Please let me know. I was going to talk about this on another episode, but I feel like it's relevant now. A few years ago when I found out a really awesome sign in Vegas was going to be removed, I texted my friend and was like, oh my gosh, I just found out this news. What are you doing tomorrow? And she was like, why? What happened? And I was like, they're going to remove this sign in like two days in Vegas. So we have to go and take photos and see it in person before it's gone. So I picked her up the next day and we drove from Los Angeles to Las Vegas. And we stayed there for one night just to take photos of that sign. And I'm really tempted to do that tomorrow. Okay, well, on that stressful news, this is a problem though. Like, because I love this stuff so much, um... When this happens, I stress out a lot and this happens so frequently and so often and I feel like every year it happens more and more. That's also why I started this brand. I think I talked about it in episode one to hopefully get more people to appreciate architecture, design, signage, and these charming places that really are a part of our culture and we keep losing it. So I hope more and more people continue to appreciate and love these places and these buildings, these facades. And the best thing ever is when people will buy these places to preserve and restore them. So I really am grateful and appreciative of those people. Okay, so I'm gonna wrap up this episode now. Thank you for tuning in to Merch Motel Radio. If you go to any of these locations or sites that I talked about, please let me know and tag me. I would love to see people go there. And yeah, thanks so much. I'm glad people are enjoying this podcast and I hope I continue making 
episodes that people like. And don't forget to use code RADIO for 15% off at MerchMotel.com. Okay, bye.